Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Dodger Dudes Show with former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and his Sandlot buddy Josh the Duker Luke. The Dodger Dudes talk Dodger baseball, Sandlot stories from their youth, and share what it's going to take for the Blue Crew to win the World Series. Don't forget to answer our weekly poll question and fan poll on Twitter and Facebook. The Dodger Dudes Show is part of the Believe Sports Network online at BLEAV.com. The Dodger Welcome back Dudes to the Dodger Dudes the on the Believe Podcast believe? Network. I am your co-host, Josh the Duker Luke, and it is World Series time. Brett Tomko, what do you think? We Nobody's won a home game yet, man. This is crazy. <laughs> Never seen it. I thought that, too, a couple a couple of days ago. Like, could it like could a home field advantage not make a difference this whole World Series and, and come down to where the, the road team wins every game? And it, it might just happen. But, you know, there's one thing for sure. There will be no baseball tomorrow. <laughs> so today yeah. is the last day for sure. And, and everybody will head in the offseason. But, man, the game last night was super exciting. So this is our World Series Game 7 preview. We're bummed that our Dodgers aren't playing, but we're going to talk a little Dodger baseball rumors in the air about Francisco Lindor, all-star shortstop from the Indians, maybe coming to L.A. We're going to talk uh, rumor mill Jock Peterson maybe being shopped around now that he's going to have to get paid, and, and what a good time for Let's start with that. So Jock Peterson had a career year, 35 home runs. Um, he – hit leadoff you know he hit leadoff for us but he could hit anywhere one through five and and be productive the only knock on jock because he's a good defender as well uh, as long as he's in the outfield as we learned this year is that he's he's not great against lefties so brett what do you think about that is it the right time to be shopping jock well i mean th i think absolutely because i don't think his his trade stock is going to be any higher it's like it's like the stock market you you sell when 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 things are when things are high you know and, and get your get your value out of it. And he's, uh, he's super enticeable to other teams. He's a guy that can come in and impact, you know, uh, he could go to a big market team, but he'll be one of those guys that if he, if he goes to a small market team and, and he's the guy coming in, he's going to make them a lot better. He's going to have to learn how to hit left-handers because if he goes to one of those teams, he's not going to be a platoon player like he was here. He's going to be an everyday guy that has to, to go out there and produce. So you know, it'll be a little testy thing for him if it happens where he's got to go and, and play every day and, and actually prove that he can hit left-handed pitching. And, Brett, you know this with all your years in the big leagues, but if he gets shipped to a small market, and you played in both big and small markets, but you know when you get shipped to a small market on a two- or three-year deal, that means you end up playing for the Yankees during the World Series, <laughs> right? right? And the, he, he's an enticeable guy to a team like the Yankees with a short porch in right field, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's in, he's in a great situation for himself. You know, personally, he, he, he put himself on the map with the Dodgers. He had a, you know, a career year uh, putting up a ton of home runs. So he's, he's you know, situated himself to, to be a guy, whether he stays with the Dodgers and they don't, and they don't deal him or if they, they send him on his way and, and, and get some good prospects or some decent players for him that, that can help them somewhere down the line. But, you know, whatever it is, I, I think he's the guy that is 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 going to be there for for trade bait. And I, I think the Dodgers, yeah. they they have enough people backing him up. They have the Verdugos. They have the Rioses. They have guys that they, that they can replace him pretty easily and, you know, get something while you can. Yeah, it, it, as you, I think the stock market is a good comparison. And, and here's the other thing. I mean, 
he he is not a liability defensively. He's been a solid outfielder. So, um, but he's also a guy that you could justify in your DH spot. So, I mean, American yeah, League very attractive, but also not a liability all in the National League. So, Brett, let's talk the business of baseball a little bit because you and I talked about this offline. Uh, it, so, so, folks, here we're going to talk about Peterson. We're going to wrap up on Peterson. But we're also going to talk about Corey Seager because his name keeps coming up. And at first, you're like, what? How do you trade this guy? He's only two or three years in. He's still not making a ton of money. But here's the deal. Uh, Brett's going to share with you his playoff stats. And as much as we love Corey Seager, when you combine his salary with Jock Peterson's salary, uh, there's another guy in the league whose salary is about equal to those two. Brett, who is it? Right, Francisco Lindor, and that's been the big rumor floating around um, the last week is, is the Dodgers are going to pursue him. And, you know, the, the tough thing, this, uh, this the tough thing, when I was playing, you start hearing all these trade rumors and you hear your name, and, and usually those aren't the trades that usually happen. It's when it's super publicized like that, you never know. But, you know, the Dodgers are going to make a splash, and, and that's the name that keeps coming up. And, and you know, you look at Seager, he's – you know, he, he's been solid. He's been a solid player. He's been a solid shortstop. Um, the big thing is, is he's not getting it done in the playoffs. And we talked about that. And when you're trying to build a team and you're trying to win the World Series, which they want to do, you got to get it done. And if you have a ton of guys that are not getting it done in the world or in the playoffs, that's why you end up, you know, getting shipped out early. So, you know, I, I think they're trying to make a big move. Um, like you said, you, you take those two guys' salaries – um, and get them off the books, you make room to, to try to trade somebody, um, trade for somebody like Lindor. That's, you know, a proven, you know, everyday all-star type shortstop. And, and, you know, it's one of those things It would, it would be exciting. I think they're going to make, I think they're going to try to do a lot of things and it just depends if, if they can really make it happen. The, the winter meetings will, will say a lot, you know, here in a, in a couple months to, you know, how the Dodgers are going to shape up for next year. Well, and folks, we talked about this briefly before, but when you talk about bringing in uh, a Garrett Cole, who now the whole world, as if it were a secret, now the whole world knows this guy's lights out. He's performed in the World Series as great as Verlander's been. He's 0 and 6 in the World Series. I don't think I ever realized that. You know, he's these. He's. Do you, think, do you think Houston fans are saying we should get rid of him? No, no. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. That's not a dig at the Dodger it, fans, but yeah. you know, it just goes show good pitchers sometimes just you know for whatever reason can't always One get of it my done. Favorite things, Brett, about what the Dodgers have done and with what seven straight National League West titles now, and and of course with my brother being a Yankee farmhand and always having to prove himself two or three times, you know, just to get to the big leagues in one of those big leagues in one of those big city systems. I kind of grew up looking at uh, big market teams and the Yankees were the poster child for, Hey, we're not going to call up a prospect. We're going to go buy Daryl strawberry. We're going to go get Jock Peterson for the last two months of the season. But the Dodgers have done it with their farm system and they really haven't paid anybody. Even when you look that they signed JT and Jansen in the same offseason, they didn't unload the boat for him with 35, $40 million. They have not gone out and bought players, but this is the off season where if they want to take that next step and win seven games in the world or win four games in the world series, let me do some math for you really quick. Garrett Cole at $40 million a year for four or five years. Okay. Let's say five years, which is probably the shortest they're going to get him for. Right. Cause he's getting paid. Yeah. I'd imagine when you look at, we got five or six guys minimum that are going to be getting $1 million a year for the next three or four years that are on rookie second year, third year, before they get to arbitration, 
contracts. You got Will Smith, you got Lux, you got Verdugo, you got May. Urias is only in the second year. Now, all of a sudden, when you average that out over five years, now you're talking about for a five player average, four or five million. And that's the business of baseball. And that's why I'm excited because I think the Dodgers are, are in this. We're not just a big market team. We've never been the one to go out and sign these big players to long-term deals. But I think now's the time, Brett. What do you think? Well, I mean, the only, the only thing I was thinking about, and, and when I heard you talking about it, it kind of made me think about a team, you know, with all the prospects and the homegrown guys and the Atlanta Braves come to mind. And, yeah. and I know you as, as a huge, you know, Dodger fan, you got to think about things like the Braves. You know, they were that. They, they, Chipper Jones came up through their organization. They had all these great players come up through, and they won one, one World Series. Granted, they won like 14 or 15 straight division titles, but they didn't get it done in, in, in the playoffs. You know, are the Dodgers the same type of thing? So is it, is it better to, you know, grow these guys homegrown and, and have good teams or bring these guys in, bring in a Lindor, bring in a Rendon, bring in a Cole to make, your team so strong that you have a legitimate shot, which I think the Dodgers have had a legitimate shot the last few years to win a world series, but adding these big, you know, high dollar high, you know, all-star type caliber people on top of what they already have, you know, is that going to be enough to, to put you over the edge? I mean, I'd ask you as like a super fan, you know, would you, would you want to see a Lindor come in and, and basically say goodbye to Seager as, you know, cause you you're invested, you're invested as a Dodger fan, you know, to, to see these guys get drafted, to come up through the ranks, to come in and break in and, and, and become, you know, legitimate players. I mean, what, what's your opinion on that? It, it's hard. And Seeger is the perfect example because I mentioned to you, you know, my brother, and I've said this before, was, was roommates with Derek Jeter, kind of came up in the system. And one of the things about Jeet from the outside is his stats didn't always say, man, this guy's superstar Hall of Famer. His stats were right there on the, on the border of that until he accumulated them. It was the behind the scenes, the little things that, that the, the average fan doesn't always see. He was just that guy that's on, on, on good teams. And, and my brother's always said, Seager's that guy. He's a shortstop. He's unassuming. He's, he's hitting from the left side. He hits for power. He gets big hits. But, hey, we're three years in now. And I don't want to call it an experiment because it was never an experiment. This guy's proven. But he's had some injuries. He's, he's had untimely hitting. And I think that's my issue with Seager. He was, our, he was the MVP of the National League for was September, wasn't he? I mean, he was in the run. He got yeah. player of the month or something. It's just been untimely. So, so to, Brett, to answer your question, yeah, it's been a struggle for me because I go, hey, look, you, you fall in love with your, you know, your 20 core guys on your roster, but sooner or later, some got to go. Do I want Jock Peterson to go? No, but, but I'm committed to the Dodgers, not to Jock Peterson. And I love Jock. And when you think about those two players, I was going to say that Seager, a lot like uh, Jeter, is kind of the unassuming behind-the-scenes guy, whereas if they were going to trade Justin Turner or even a Jock Peterson, that's tough because people – he's got some personalities on social media. It's a little tougher. But, guys, ultimately when you're a fan of a team, they need to make these moves, and it's a business. Right. And I learned about business just like you did at a young age watching my brother have emotional struggles. Why would they go get Daryl Strawberry? I'm the top hitter in the farm system, things like that. The, the, that's, it's a business. And the, the goal of the business is to win. So I want to I change the subject because you're talking about prospects in Atlanta. So I got a prospect in Washington for you. This 21-year-old kid <laughs> is it, so amazing. He changes his stance. I don't know if you can call him count. a prospect. <laughs> He's, He's a superstar his, now. He's in his second year. They're, ta- they're comparing him to Ted Williams. And not, wow. I, I love how he changes his stance. He, he, he's patient. He gets ahead in the count and then he hits a monster shot. 
okay, like 420 feet or something, okay, into the upper upper deck, and then he has the wherewithal to uh, just to <laughs> carry the bat to the first. <laughs> I mean, how are you thinking about that in the World Series at 21 years old? You just went deep epic moment no one will ever forget it and you have the wherewithal to carry the bat just to kind of show the other guy up a little bit the funny thing i saw i saw an interview with him uh after the game uh with like big poppy and a rod and pedro oh it was pedro and they said you know did you think about that and he goes he said something i thought he was doing it kind of like oh, i'll show you up bregman no he just thought it was cool he's like i saw him do that and thought it was cool but to like think that like and hit it, like you said, and say, I'm going to hold the bat and I'm going to run it to first base. I really hope it doesn't become a thing, and that's his thing that he uh, does every time because as a pitcher, that would annoy me. I would have to put one in his rib cage. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask times. you about that. For a minute, I, like, I said, is Verlander going to put one on this guy's chin right here? No, not – I mean, I, it, you know, big stage like that, big emotions, you know. You know, he's a kid. He's 21 years old, just turned 21. So to, to be doing what he's doing right now is, is amazing. I mean, it's, it's crazy. He's got five home runs in the postseason, which is, yeah. I mean, I, t I told my son, he's 10. I'm like, dude, let, you got 11 years to yeah. like pick it up and then be hitting home runs in the world series. So let's go, let's get in the cage tomorrow. But it's amazing. It's, it's fun to see. It's, it's fun to see these, these superstars emerge and, and it happens every world series. There'll, there'll be a guy that steps up, you know, it's a Rendon or a Soto that, or a Bregman that kind of just solidify like, Hey, I'm here. It's on a big stage and I'm a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Let's not ignore the fact that Rendon's the one oh, that uh, kind of came up and said, Hey, let's put this controversy to rest. And I guess we should talk about that, but let me really quickly make a point, Brett. I, I'm a Gen Xer, Brett, like you, we grew up in the eighties, man. I love that the NFL and MLB, have reversed course and said, hey, let these guys have fun. Let them dance because our kids are struggling to engage in these three-hour games, these four-hour playoff games. The NFL has turned into, because people are playing fantasy, they're not rooting for teams, they're rooting for individuals. I love the theatrics. <laughs> and it's funny when they actually call a penalty sometimes. And I know for you it's different because you're a pitcher, you don't want to be showing up. But I really think the timing's right that the leagues have to do this. And, and so, so give me the pitcher's perspective because I, I know it's going to be different. I'm on the fence. Um, you know, I think it's fun because you're right. We, you got to engage with the new generation, the, the new young kids to get them excited about baseball and want to come out and watch games and play. Um, but I think there's a fine line that's walked between becoming too much of a spectacle and making it too much of craziness and, and, and being respectful and playing the game, you know, having fun, but still not being over theatrical. And I, it's hard because like in football, you know, a guy makes a tackle and he's doing a dance every time he, he makes a sack and, and baseball's, a, a, there's a little bit more intricacies in terms of like, if you show a pitcher up, you're going to, you're going to wear one in the rib cage. Like that's just how it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. So I'm on the fence. I, I like, I like the excitement as long as it's not to like an absurd point where, you know, you're making kind of like a mockery of, of, of the game Then I'm okay with some of it. Sure. Hey, so let's if talk. Did, but games. if somebody did to me, man, I would, I would, <laughs> I would want to bury one in the, in the, in the cage. It's tough. It's tough being a pitcher. I mean, that's like an Island. It's a true Island out there. Right. So, Hey, let's talk game seven. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, if you're even a sports fan, I mean, how are you not going to be glued to the TV tonight? You have Grinky, you have Scherzer, you have every pitcher on every roster in the bullpen. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Strasburg last night said, I don't know, man. I gave everything I had tonight. And that just, that made me feel great. 
But today, I bet you anything, he's going to have a different. He's, he'll say, he'll say, I'll be ready, right? I mean, right. Like, well, I was like, how are they taking him out of the game? First of all, yeah. I was like, let him finish the game. And then part of me is like, well, if you save him like ten pitches, yeah, is no, that going to make no. it? And then I was like, well, I've been there before. He's going to feel like he threw 120 pitches or or whatever he threw 110 pitches um, i think the but, dodger fan and all of us was saying leave him in <laughs> i tell dodger you i tell you what though he'll be down in that bullpen and if they need a batter I, i'm sure i mean i he'll be sore and he'll be tired but you know he's a gamer and i think that's how it's going to be for everyone you're going to see cole in the in the in the houston bullpen and that's the thing you talk about scherzer you know <laughs> there were some texts back and forth and i was talking to my brother and he's like you know did they is yeah. it kind of like a smoke screen? Did he maybe just do that? So, you know, in game, in game five, going up against a Cole, you know, there's already, the odds are against him anyway. So if, if they push him back and they go to a game seven, you got Scherzer. So did he really have as bad of spasms as he did? Or was it kind of timing that maybe they're playing the game that like, what if, what if we can sneak a winning game five? And if we don't, we have Strasburg and Scherzer, um, cause those are our best two chances. So well, Martinez did that against the Dodgers and I, I'm, imp- I'm so impressed with Dave Martinez. I mean, this guy's trusted the process member against us. We thought it was Scherzer. We went to Washington. It wasn't Scherzer and we go out there and, and we couldn't even get through their number three. So, I mean, Annabelle Sanchez, right. was, was lights yeah. out. Uh, so yeah, and and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he had some, I'm sure there's something going on. I'm sure. Cause they would have, well, I mean, why wouldn't they have just said, you know, we're going to push him and he's going to be our game seven guy if we need him. But sure. you know, He's Scherzer's crazy. He's going to go out there in whatever pain he's going to be, and he's going to give you a great, great start. On the other hand, you got Zach Greinke. So I think he is going to be on the shortest leash that you've ever seen in the World Series because this postseason numbers are not great. Uh, career postseason has yeah. got a 4.3 ERA, 6-3. and three, And this postseason, he's 0-2 with a 5.3. So he's going to be out there, and as soon as he gets in trouble – He's going to be gone. It's going to become a bullpen. And the Houston bullpen's been throwing halfway decent. So, like I said, Cole's on his, uh, on his second day. So, he's, he's right in that bullpen range where you go out and throw a bullpen. And, and I, I, I guarantee you see him at some point. Yeah, he could go three or four innings. Absolutely. shock me. He, he, might uh, even be, he might even go more than that because it's, you know, it's all or nothing. It's win. It's well, he's probably every, the long reliever, right? <laughs> right. Every, I mean, everyone's going home, but it's win at all costs. And, and you, you know, say what you want to say about professional athletes and they get paid a lot of money to do this. But we're all kids at heart. And, and, and when you go out there, when it's on the line, you're going to do what you have to do. And, and, you know, no matter how tired he is, he's going to say, I'm ready to go. Tonight's the epitome of that, right? Tonight is is actually the funnest you could ever imagine growing up. Oh, yeah. Everything's on the line. So, yeah, I think Strasburg's probably a two-batter, two right-handers coming up in a row in a lineup in the six, seven, eight, nine (laughs) inning. Maybe. He might not be. (laughs) If if he's ready. We just say he might not be able to wipe his butt this morning. He might be really sore. Because, I mean, a lot of – and, well, this is something, too, we've never talked about in terms of pitching. We'll just touch on it for a second. There's a difference between throwing eight innings or nine innings or seven innings seven innings of easy pitching, no stress innings. Um, you know, there's a different soreness that's involved. You, I could go five innings, you know, easy, no big deal, and feel pretty good the next day. But if I went five innings and threw 100 pitches and they were all high leverage, stressful, you know, runners on base situations, yeah, every pitch. There's, a, there's a different soreness the next day because there's a different – I don't want to say different intensity because it's always intense, but – you know, there's a little bit 
extra here and there. And Strasburg had some innings where he was on the ropes. Um, that one inning where he punched a guy out um, with one out with uh, a runner on third, second and third. Yeah. I mean, that's as high intense, and that's the ball game right there. If if Houston ties it up right there or takes the lead, mm-hmm. we're talking we're we're talking a whole different thing. We're talking the World Series wrap up. Yeah, I looked. I wasn't. I was kind of in and out, taking care of some stuff around the house. The first four or five innings, I sit down in the fifth inning, and and Scherzer's only or not Scherzer, Strasburg's only got sixty one pitches. I'm like, dude, this pitch count's awesome right now. This guy's going yeah. the distance. So he was. Hey, what do you what do you think about that? Uh, the the Trey Turner call. Yeah, I was going to talk about that next. That's next on my list. Here, here's my take on it, Brett. That rule's changed two or three times. It always benefits the defense. Um, according to the current – because, you know, even uh, was Berlander's wife, Kate Upton, was like, hey, she, he has to be on the three feet on the right side of the line. I'm like, well, I, I, that's not the rule they were talking about. I think that used to be the rule. I think the new rule is it's a straight line from where you start to the middle of the base, which is what I was just listening because I thought it was still what Kate Upton said, right? right. And according to, according to um, uh, what they were saying last night, I thought, uh, I thought he, he should have been okay. Uh, obviously, a lot of emotions. I loved – here's what I took from it. I love Dave Martinez. I mean, that guy fought <laughs> for what was right. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. The rules are very different than they used to be. Um, you know, it's – you know, I can I can swing it both ways. As as a pitcher, that's a tough throw to make down the first base line. The first baseman actually his footwork, if his footwork would have been normal and had hit had his appropriate foot on the base, he might have caught that ball. But Trey Turner is so fast, um, you know, quite possibly the fastest in the league. He makes that play real difficult. So you know, <laughs> it's a tough thing that could have changed the entire you know game if if you know which happened, they called him out. That could have been the big game changer and it could have afforded Houston, um, you know, a chance to get back in the game. If, if they make the call, which I think it should have been, and he should have been safe, that completely changes the dynamic in the game and puts, you know, Washington in, in a situation where, you know, they got base runners on. It's a big situation. Luckily for them, Rendon came up and hit that two run homer right after that and, and, and kind of gave him a little bit of space so they could, uh, you know, space it out a little bit more where they had a better chance of winning. But, you know, it's, it's a rule I think that's up for a little bit of interpretation. It's never going to be one of those cut and dry, you know, safer out rules. And it's, it's one of those things that I'm sure Major League Baseball is going to have to look at that after the season and say, how do we really make this rule, um, you know, different so we don't have these anymore. And, and the way it went down with the protest and, and, you know, Joe Torrey being in the stands, there was a, there was a whole lot of stuff going on. So as a fan, I sat there thinking like, what are they going to do? What call are they going to make? And, and whatever call they're going to make, there's going to be a whole lot of people not happy about it. All right, Brett, it's time, man. It's that time. So I'm going to ask you for two predictions. Actually, it's three. Um, who's going to win and who's going to be the MVP? You want to go Ooh, first? Or you want me to go gosh. first? Uh, I'll let you go first. I'm going to go with Washington <clears throat> because I hate Houston in this series. <laughs> that this series. Been, there's two constants in this whole podcast. One, you're fascinated with uh, yeah. pitch tipping and you hate yeah. the Houston Astros. I, I've actually <laughs> been really happy that pitch tipping hasn't been a theme, but every time I'm watching the batter's eyes when Houston's up going, what's he looking at? What's he looking at? So uh, I, I'm a nationally guy. Um, I remember when the All-Star game was in Anaheim a few years ago, like Matt and I were like the only two guys that bought the blue National League shirt. <laughs> and everybody in Anaheim <laughs> was wearing the red one, you know. Uh, National League guy, loved the Nats, as we said from the start. 
Uh, would love to see it's it's a much better story I think than the Houston story, which I'm a, I'm a fan of baseball and just uh, the story as well. So I'm going to go with the Nats and I'm going to go with an MVP that's going to be closer than people think between uh, Rendon, Strasburg, and Soto. And I'm going to go with Soto. Now, if Houston Ooh. did win, I think the I think the MVP is going to be an interesting discussion between Garrett Cole and I, I think Gurriel's probably got the as I just see I haven't even looked at the stats, but it just seems to me that him and um, uh, who's the uh, the other guy I'm thinking of, the third baseman? Bregman. Bregman. I, I think Bregman's set up for – if yeah. the Astros win, I think he's got MVP wrapped up. All right, so roll from there. So if the Astros win, you like Bregman, and what about – Yeah, I, I, I want to see Washington win for baseball. And because, and I, I, you know, it's the, it's the underdog type situation, and it's always fun to see. I like the Houston Astros. I know people with the Houston Astros um, – you know, I don't, I don't want to root against anybody because that's just, you know, I, I have friends on both teams. Um, but I'd like to see Washington win. Um, you know, if Washington win, I think Rendon's going to be the MVP. He's been, he's been as clutch as they can be. Uh, real quick, I don't know if you saw this, and we're going to get sidetracked, but we got to wrap it up. Um, the first run they scored had a, had a shift on, and he just punched the ball to where the second baseman would have been, and they scored their first run. Yeah, yeah. And it was good. really cool to see because I think – I think baseball needs to get back to that. And I think guys need to work on that. And he's that type of guy that we talked about that, that you need to be able to, you know, beat the shift and do what you need to do and then come up in a clutch situation and hit a two run homer to, to, to give your, your, your team the cushion. But I, I think he's a, a phenomenal player and I'm hoping somehow the Dodgers pull off him and Lindor and, and they become stronger, but Washington um, and Rendon, that's my call. So one of my favorite things about about tonight's game is is interestingly enough we always talk about how big the bullpen is in the playoffs and here we are in the World Series <laughs> yep. and neither of these teams are arguably have great bullpens the the bullpen the, all it seems like a lot of the scoring's been late right so yeah. tonight they're throwing everything at it and it's just well the funny fun. thing is we're gonna talk bullpen you're gonna see Scherzer then you're gonna see Corbin who's a starter yeah. but you know that's and you're talking about it's gonna come down to a couple starters but. Yeah, I mean, bullpen, uh, pitching wins it, man. And if, if Scherzer can go out there and, and be the Scherzer he has in the playoffs and, and what he can do, I think it, it – it, even though Houston has the home field advantage and they're in Houston, I feel like Washington has – Home field this, disadvantage? The home field <laughs> disadvantage in terms of they have, you know, one of their top two pitchers going in game seven of the World Series. Yeah, and guys, I'll make this point real quick before we wrap up. One of the things as I sat and, uh, you know um, – uh, 2020 hindsight's 2020 the Dodgers losing in the first round you know I said to myself look I love when they bring a starter out of the bullpen but when you have a great bullpen when our bullpen's been lights out like the Dodgers were down the stretch when you had a two setup guys and a closer and a backup close it, it I just kind of went yeah maybe we shouldn't have brought Kershaw out of the bullpen maybe we should have just stuck to the plan that won 106 games but that's not necessarily the case here but it's a game seven and you go with next man up best man up right you go with your horses I yeah. mean you you go with the guys that 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 can pitch and whether they're starters or relievers I'm I'm you throw that all out the door it's you know where you're in your backyard playing wiffle ball it's game seven of the world series you know you throw it all out there because it's you know winner take all so my brother has a story he tells about Nick Saban. He saw an interview with Nick Saban, and Matt, he always says, this is one of the best interviews I ever saw. And, and Nick, they asked him about kind of when it comes down to the, the final play of a football game and you got to score to win. He says, you know, I was the quarterback on my high school team, and I had an all-state running back and an all-state receiver, and I went over to the coach, and we were down by, 
you know, five and we had one play to go from like the seven and I said, Hey coach, what do you want to do? And the coach looked at me and he goes, I'm 17 years old. And he said, you got an all state running back and an all state uh, wide receiver. Uh, get one of them the ball. They're your playmakers. Let, let them make the play. Let them do the things that they're there to do. And that's what tonight's going to be all about. And I'm excited to see that you're going to see, you know, the best of the best. I actually am hoping for Zach Granke to come out and have a good performance. I'd love to see a game like we've seen, which is a tight game for five innings and then the runs start coming. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say go Nats, even though this is a Dodger show. It, I'm, <laughs> I'm rooting for it, like you said, for baseball and for the National League. So, Brett, any final thoughts? No, I'm just – like you said, I just want to see a good baseball game. Um, I had Little League practice tonight. I canceled it because it was – Because you got to think – It's a lesson, right? You need no, my Little League team's been raking. So it's like the, the hour practice they're going to get, I think, I think it's more important for, for me to sit down with the kids and, and watch some baseball and, and maybe do a little teaching lesson there. But – yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with the Nats because I, I want to see them win. I think it would be really cool for, for Washington and the fans there to, to be able to celebrate that. Houston had one uh, a few years ago, so it's always good to get somebody new in there. Well, hey, guys, this is the Dodger Dudes on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll be back after Game 7 of the World Series to tar- start talking Dodger offseason, winter meetings, exciting stuff coming. So, Brett, thanks so much for all your insight, bud. All right, Game 7, here we go. Thanks for tuning in to the Dodger Dudes show with the former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and Josh the Duker Luke. Whether you're at the stadium, on your couch, or at work, don't forget to interact with the hosts on social media at the Dodger Dudes on Twitter and Facebook. That's the Dodger Dudes on both Twitter and Facebook. Check out other SoCal sports podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Now go vote on our Twitter and Facebook fan poll and tune in again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.